going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 26. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I'm so glad you are here with me today. You know what you have to do. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Mr. Fourth and Long, all across the board, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Apple, just go, just go. I, I'm telling you guys, this this is what you want to see. This is the real, man. Three episodes, 15 minutes. Give me three episodes for 15 minutes. If you're not hooked after three episodes and 15 minutes, watch three more episodes for 15 minutes. Do whatever it is that you have to do to get yourself hooked. You guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my motivation at the beginning, to be honest with you, because some of y'all not going to make it to the end. I'm not for everybody. And I'm perfectly okay with that. So, uh, before we get into this thing, here is my little bit of motivation. Great leaders don't assume. If you are a leader of anything, of anyone, never assume. You know the old saying, assume and make a out of you and absolutely. If you're a leader and you have people following you, be sure. Be right. Ask the questions. Sometimes being a leader, it can get uncomfortable. It can be a little bit tense. It can be a little bit pretentious. But you have to be willing to stand pat and stand in front of those people and really be willing to ask the questions and leave no doubt. When you walk away, when they walk away, there should be no doubt that they are still willing and wanting to follow you. And there should be no doubt that you're in the proper place to lead. So if you're a leader and you're listening today, never, ever, ever assume. All right? All right, man, this is, um, this is a special show. You know, we've been rocking out 25 episodes. I've been doing this thing solo dolo. And I'm a feel person, right? I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. And I do a lot of what I do off feel. Um, I pray about things. I let, I let, I let the good old gut tell me what's right, what's wrong, what's, what to do. And when I decided that, you know what, it's time. It's time to bring in guests. It's time to bring in people to join Unfiltered. This name is one of the names that popped into my, my mind. And the, the, the time is perfect. It is. It absolutely is perfect. With our Texas Rangers right now up two games to none versus the hated Houston Astros, I can't be too... Yes, I can. Yes, I can. This is unfiltered. The hated Astros. My friend, former Rangers pitcher, Derek Holland. Welcome to the show, brother. Man, what an intro. First off, thank you for that. And for me, it's more like family. We've been talking uh, yes. for a while. We've yes. been motivational to each other. Yes. In, in good times, bad times, everything. So yeah. very grateful for this. So I appreciate you letting me be on here. Absolutely, man. Thank you for being here, cutting out a little bit of time for little old Jay Holly. I, I, I do have to say this, and it, it just – I've always been a fan of baseball players' chains. <laughs> I've always I been – I, I, I know. I, I, when you watch baseball – I played in the National Football League. I, basketball is my favorite sport. No sport in all of sports have better chain games than 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 baseball. Like, where does that start? Like, I know I'm just like, like I don't think about talking about chains. Do, do they have a jeweler come by the clubhouse? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? And then how do you pick 
what Cuban link, what what your pattern's going to be? How do you guys pick that out? First, uh, I got to say, we do have jewelers that come by, jewelers that reach out to you. Yeah. Hey, wear my stuff on there. I'll help you. I'll give you a discount. I'll give you this, whatever. Uh, that happens a lot. I'm a big black diamond guy, as you can see. Ooh. Love the black diamonds. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I got this passed on because of Shinsu Chu. He's one of my favorite teammates. Pushed me like no other. I, I, to be honest, I feel like I... I got, a t I got to learn a lot more about myself because of him, mm -hmm. um, the way that he pushed me and everything. But he always had the nicest chain ever. And I literally, <laughs> I kept asking him, like, how much you want for that? How much you want for that? Every day I'd see him. And I kept pushing, and I finally got it. And it's Black Diamond again. Got the little, like, the chain to, like, a, it looks like it's a, like an anchor, you know, that, that mm -hmm. pull it down. Has that all the way wrapped around. It's just so beautiful. And I finally got one. I got it like a, a while ago, though. But it was funny. The jeweler reached out. He's like, all right, I see you like black diamonds. What, what are you thinking? And I was like, well, if you can find this. Yeah. And I had Chu send me a picture of his necklace. Put it out there. Sent it to the guy. He goes, got it. Sent it to me right away. I was like, hey, this is unbelievable. Let's go. But the only thing is, it's so heavy. Yeah. So pitching with it, I, I would do it every once in a while. Mainly like on a, a night game, you know it's going to be televised. Yeah, Let yeah, the thing yeah. pop. Uh, but you, I, I would throw a pitch and it would like swing out. And the thing is, I used to have so I got a custom cross made. Um, actually, I got I got one of them on now. Um, but I, it's I don't know if that helps. But no, you're good. Just carry but I had that it. I had that going. Had the cross on, and I would throw before I got this smaller necklace to it, and it would come up and hit me in the mouth. Mm. And I was like, man, I'm going to lose a tooth. <laughs> like I got to stop doing that. <laughs> I love my Jesus piece and everything, and obviously everything's for God. But this is like, I gotta take a time out here. Yeah, I'm about yeah. to lose some teeth. Like, I don't need to show up to Jesus with no teeth. I, I think, I think, I think it was Mookie. I think it was Mookie Betts. He he had on a chain, and it like I forgot who it was. It like burst. Yep. They were running around second, and it it just burst, mm -hmm. and it was just like diamonds everywhere. <laughs> like that 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 has to be. I mean, when when you make Mookie Betts type money, right? It was like. Eh. Just leave it there. We'll get another yeah, one. Let, yeah. let the groundskeeper happen. It was I, I, I did. Uh, we were playing the New York Giants, and Dez lost a ten carat like like, like no like five or between like five or ten carat earring. And we were like all walking around the end zone where he thought he lost it at trying to find this uh this this earring. And he actually he actually did find it. a coach came out and was like here it is right here. He was like thank you. It's like fifty G's. I was just about to like leave on the football field. Just for one earring, it's it's crazy. That's so the Latins though are the ones that usually have like the big thick yeah. chains and stuff, and it's it's crazy too. You do see NFL guys wearing the chains and stuff too, and I don't know about basketball. You never see it just because the constant run and jumping up and down. That, you know, well, you can't have it in, everywhere. The, in the NBA game. Oh, you can't. Okay, yeah, yeah, see, yeah, I yeah. don't even know that. Yeah, you can't have it in the NBA game. But like this one, I used to wear this and it kept breaking. the The necklace is so thin, and then black diamonds they're sharp, so they just cut every time they would slide. Yeah. So I kept losing it, and it would break, and I would lose a bead, you know. I, and I'd get so mad, dude. I could, I'd get so mad, but I'd find them because it would, you know. I'm out there pitching. And next thing I know, I come into the dugout, and I'm like, my necklace broke, and I wouldn't worry about it for the time being, not because it was like, oh, I can go get another one. Right. right. It was just like I got focused focus on. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not losing my focus because where's my necklace? Right. And then you, you know, you go in, go to change, and get ready to go shower, and also you pull your pants down. And here comes all these beads. I'm like, what the heck. So that that's. That was the big thing, but man, necklaces. I you are right. It's a hundred percent. Like everybody wants to have that nice flow, the fashion. You got to pop the chain. You hit the home run, pop that thing, and just run around the bases. Like you know, just 
talking about baseball, it is... Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Yes. Hardest thing to do in sports is what? All of sports. Take every sport, and what would you say is the hardest thing to do? And I love this because you, you played football. Man, it, it, it play catcher. So you would say playing catcher would be the hardest? Either playing catcher or hitting a baseball. 100% hitting a baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'll give you this a quick baseball background story for Jesse Holly. Okay. okay. Because people always say, well, you're athletic and you did this. And you and I'm an advocate for multi, multiple sports. Like, let your kids play multiple sports. Push for multiple sports. I think the better athletes play multiple sports, at least till you get to a point where you have to make a decision college-wise. I want to dive into that in a minute, though. Sure, we can dive into that. Um, so, in high school, playing football, right, that happens in kind of the late summer, fall. Uh, then basketball happens, and then in the spring, baseball. I'm dominating football. I'm dominating ba- basketball. So I go, let's do this baseball thing, right? Like, can't be that hard. Cannot be that hard. So the quarterback to one of the schools that we played, we whooped up on him. He also played point guard. Whooped up on him. He's the pitcher for the baseball team. And I'm out there. I'm looking good. Swag is on a million. And I get in a batter's box, and I'm like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm like kind of, you know, when you're young, it's like you either do the King Griffey swing, say, yeah. or you're trying to do the Gary Sheffield kind of bat jerking gyration, you know what I mean? And he throws the ball so hard and so fast. I don't know, it, it felt like he was trying to take my head off, and I ducked out of the way. And he looked at me from the mound and said, yeah, Holly, this is my sport. And I looked at him, and I said, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and I walked off the baseball diamond. I never, and my coach was like, what are you doing? Where are you going? I said, you heard what he said? This is his sport. He is right. And they're like, oh, but you play football. You get... I said, I am not getting hit with whatever he was just about to throw at me. I never played baseball again. So he, he scared you. Scared the living crap out of me. I, bro, I don't know what it is. I am so afraid. To bat. I just don't know what it is. And I am I am deathly terrified. Like a curveball, it looks like it's going to hit you. Mm-hmm. In high school, it's probably 70, 80, 90 miles, and whatever it was at that time. I want no parts of it. I want no parts of that. So my dad taught me when I was young to be a switch hitter. So when I first started going up, I was swinging right-handed. and then, mm-hmm. But I threw left-handed. Never could do anything right, or, uh, right-handed. And then my dad was like, hey, if you want to go somewhere in baseball, we need you to be a switch hitter. Because I was an outfielder. I wasn't a full-time pitcher. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, let's try it. And I started switching. And then I realized, man, I can see the ball so much better. So you being right-handed, I'm in the the left-handed batter's box. It's coming this way. So I can now see it. And then if I'm the other way around, right-handed and you're left-handed, it's coming to me. So I'm always going to be able to see it. So in that situation where you were up at the plate, I'm assuming you're right-handed, he was right-handed. He threw at you. That thing, no matter what, it looks like it's coming yes. right at you. Yes. And there's pitchers in the league. Jared Weaver was by far the best at this. Dude threw so far across his body. Sorry, man. No, you're good, brother. <clears throat> threw so far across his body that when he would step, he would step at you, and then it would come around. So it's coming from behind you yeah, and out. then throwing into I'm, the plate. I'm out. I'm out on that, man. But with that being said, though, when I get done rehabbing, 
I want you to stand in. I won't hit you. I, I, you can look at my stats, everything. I've thrown 42,500 pitches. I've looked this up. This is the only reason I know. <laughs> oh, 42,500 pitches. Sidebar. If there's any athlete that ever says they don't know what their stats oh, yeah, are, that's, that's you're a liar. Yeah, you, Everybody yeah. knows what their stats are. Everybody looks. They're noted, especially when you, especially in the social media world where you always have to come back at somebody about something I just they did know. That, I just did that yesterday. Somebody was like, <laughs> you choked in the playoffs. I was like, actually, I made five starts. I got three <laughs> wins. I didn't choke. Right. So let's change that. But for me, 42,000 at least. We're going to say 43,000 pitches I've thrown. I've hit 22 people. Actually, it was 25. I'm not going to hit you. Standing, I've had other people stand in there. I get all my friends to stand in just so I want you to experience what it's like from the major league standpoint. Yeah. I'm going to bring the heat. Like, I get the combine guys when I go train. They would always come and stand in. I've got videos on Instagram. One dude looks like he's swinging a sword. Like, he, he just stood there. I did two different pitches. First one, I said, you're not allowed to swing. Because, one, this is going to look like it's going to hit you. But it's not. So I don't want you to try to react and one you could hit my catcher or whatever. Right. So I threw it and basically what it is, it's a ride back. And for me, left handed, throwing to a righty, it's gonna start at your right hip, but it's gonna come right back across the plate. So I did that to him and he man, his reaction was priceless. Like it was unbelievable. Like I, my heart's beating fast now thinking about this. Now, what I could do if I was gonna be a real dickhead, I would throw it at you, like throw way behind you and way up in the air so you freak out and then go ahead and throw one just dot it right beside you that's my biggest fear but i would never do that and people I, be like oh well you you cross the middle with linebackers and states and i'm like yeah it's something it's about, just different it's something about that ball coming at you like at ungodly amounts of speed that, I, that i've always just feared it happens quick you got like five hundredths of a second to react to a pitch is what they say and that's the interesting thing about baseball players because you're talking about the game happening so fast, right? I mean, especially I've, now. Especially now. Like, I've played in like charity softball games and stuff like that. I think about, like, one of the reasons why I said catcher, I don't think people realize how far second base is from a squatting position. And for some of these dudes to catch a, a 90 mile an hour ball, and then be able to transfer strength speed from a, a knee and throw a dot. In less than two seconds. That's insane. Like, that is, I struggle throwing a softball back there accurately. And you have cats that are doing that, catching it, and then firing it. That, that's why I say, pit, like, hitting and being a catcher is probably two of the hardest things to do in all of sports. 100%. I, I mean, penalty kicks and all that stuff, that's pretty tough, too. Ah. But I just don't think – hitting a baseball is really hard. Yeah. But I do want to add, because you made me think of this, too. I played in softball, having fun with my friends, and we had uh, this dude that would just – he thought he was something else. He was playing first base. And I said, well, I want to play short. I never get to do that, so right. let me play short stuff. So I get out there, I get a ground ball hit to me. I'm – as an athlete, as a pitcher, a baseball guy, I pay attention to who is running. Right. You hit the ball, I know, by looking at you. You ain't running. Right. You ain't going to be something fast. So I got the ball. I shuffle. I'm patting. I'm patting. And the dude, being how he is, yells at me, throw the ball. I was like, okay, you shouldn't have said that. And he put his glove up. His glove was up. I threw that thing. I bet you I threw it 100 is what it felt like. <laughs> he had his hand right here. It went straight and hit him right in the palm, everything. 
catches it, slams it down. He's like, why'd you do that? And I was like, you told me to throw the ball. Don't don't complain if yeah. you want this. Like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And he didn't realize that until after. And then I had to explain, like, hey, man, I play professional baseball. You don't need to tell me <laughs> throw the ball. when to throw it. Right. I've, I've got an idea. But yes. that's that's I love that. Speaking of professional baseball, and, and that's – that's your land, right? That's that's the place hey, that, that you can. That's my game. That that is your. That is your. This is my game. This is that my is game. your game. Absolutely. Like, just give me your perspective on where baseball is today. Man, um, I'm really because I'm going to pick your brain on this too. I want to see analytics is taking over too much uh, with baseball. Um, to me, and football. I, it, well, that's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. I want to add you in there, but. For the baseball side of it, yeah, we take up too much. I think we're relying too much on numbers rather than what's in here. Yeah. Um, we also need to know what's going on up here. And for me, we're not going to see guys, I feel like now, throwing complete game shutouts. I, I want to go into the stats. I've, I've thrown 10 shutouts, 9 complete game shutouts. That's a hard thing to do. We don't see that that often now. And it bothers me because some guys are out there. I mean, you're grooving. You, you're in it. You're doing your thing. And all of a sudden it's like... Well, the numbers say that uh, your fifth time through, you got to get out. Well, no. This dude's cruising. You look at a prime example, Blake Snell. <clears throat> he was pitching. Dude's cruising in the World yep. Series, dominating. And also they were like, yep, there it is, the fourth time. Can't do that. He's got to go. Take him out. Dodgers say, hey, thank you. And they walk away with their ring. Like, wh- why are we doing that? Right. The numbers, I get it. Cool. Numbers, they don't lie. But they also don't see what's going on. They don't know heart. They don't know all that stuff. The other thing, too, is with these young guys, man, watching them throw bullpens, it's no longer worrying about hit your spots, do this, you know, that kind of thing. It's more of like, okay, let's get the spin right. And then they throw a pitch, and it's like, a bullpen should take me. If I throw my bullpen 10, 15 minutes, I'm in out. I'm hitting my spots, working on my craft, getting my mechanics right. We're good. I know where I need to be. These guys now, it's like, set up down the middle, let it move, do its own thing. This is what I'm hearing from the two past teams that I was with. That was Boston and Toronto. Literally, set up down the middle, let's just let it move, however it moves. Um, oh, we need to spin. It needs to be breaking like 13 inches this way. Let's learn the sweeper. Like, what works for you does not work for me. Right. And vice versa. So it kills me with what we're doing when it comes to baseball. The pitch clock, great. That's helped out a lot. It's made more people get into the game. It happens quick. Yeah. And what does suck about that, though, is, man, you get up to go use the bathroom or go get nachos, <laughs> something like that. You come back, it's already three innings later. Yeah. That's the only thing. But wear a diaper then to a game. <laughs> That's the only thing I can tell you. <laughs> um, but with that being said, though, with how the game is going, the analytics is taking over too much to where guys aren't really working on things that they should be working on, working on location. Location is one of the most important things in this game of baseball. The hardest pitch in the game of baseball to hit, period, is a well-located fastball down away. No matter what. You can ask that to anybody. They will tell you. Ask a hitter. That is the hardest pitch to hit because it's just so far away. Yeah. But we don't work on certain things, changing eye levels, mixing in and out, hitting your spots, work inside and outside, uh, being able to change the speeds. Like It's just so hard, and that's why I'm, I'm – Looking forward to, once I use the, the R word, retirement, um, then I will get into coaching because I want to help because I learned so much from guys like Nolan Ryan, mm-hmm. which a lot of these young guys don't really know who that is. I'm 
being a little facetious with it, but no, it's true. It's true. Like, like there's a I, lot of athletes in all of sports. It blows my mind. I don't mean to cut you off, but it blows no, my no. mind is that you say to yourself that I am dedicated to this sport. I want to be a part of this sport. And then you don't know about the history of it, the players that play your position. It's like, yeah, okay, I just want to play. And I'm just like, how can you truly be as great as you want to be if you don't know what's come before you and how to achieve and do certain things? So I'm with you 100%, but I go ahead and continue your story. And then the other thing, like something else that stands out too, this kind of blew my mind is I went and did a camp and kids didn't even know who Mariano Rivera is. He's the greatest closer of all time. Um, on top of that, though, this, this bothers me more than anything is the coddling. We, we, man, I'm, I'm used to, and I know you are too, if I mess up, I'm going to use football for example. Grab my face mask, move me around, let me have it. That's how it is. That's how, that's how I was raised. Yeah. That's how I was brought up. My dad would even, like, okay, my dad didn't abuse me, you know, I, I want to make sure that's clear here. But, like, my dad would push me like no other. Like, you know, it's daytime and I'm in here trying to play video games or something like that. no. Get your butt outside. Let's go. There's suns out there. Let's let's go. And thank God for my brother, which pushed me more than anything, too. Bro, we'd set up a chair in the front yard. Chair is a strike zone. Yep. Hit that baby. And, and to me, that's us working on location. That's us working on our craft and getting better. I'm playing my brother who's six years older than me, and I guarantee you he'll tell you, like, it wasn't the easiest because, one, as a young kid, I don't know where the ball's going yet. Right, right. So... You, he has to work on that. Like, okay, I got to take pitches now. And that's why, to me, it's frustrating is we can't be hard on the kids now. Like, we have to be so gentle with them and, and coddle them. And we give away participation trophies. Like, I'm sorry, man. Either you're first or you're last. Yeah. I, I get it. It's a Ricky Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. It's not the Ricky Bobby. <laughs> but that, that's how it is. Like, and it's true, though. Like, you were brought up. You didn't get – you were not happy to have a second-place trophy. And my, my grandmother didn't let you put those up in – See her, her. She had a china closet, like a china cabinet with the good china that you only had on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like you didn't put second place. Now you nah, put that over there in that drawer. Yeah, we don't have second place. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. dishes up here. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, first place, dishes. first place dishes up here. This is good china. Yeah. You get a trophy, it goes up in here. All that other second, third place stuff, you find some way to put that away over there. Like and she you, didn't play that. And you can't like you can't haze. And I get it. Some of the hazing maybe was too much. Whatever. But like for me, okay. <laughs> Carrying a pink backpack out to the bullpen. Right. Is no. that really that no. bad? No, 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 no. Carrying pads, right? Shout Dressing up as a, like, this to me was funny. And I get it. Some people are going to be like, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. Man, We I had to dress up, like, in a costume and walk around the city for the veterans. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I, I get it. Like, everybody, those guys did it. The people right before me did it. Like, I'm doing it. I got to do it to the next guy. Well, I did it for couple years and then finally ran into a manager it was like no nah, we don't do that no more and I was like, okay sorry fun police <laughs> but like that stuff is entertaining you one you get to learn a lot about yourself too and the veterans if they're the way i looked at it too is if they're talking to me making fun of me having fun with me like that they do it because they care they don't do it just because like they hate you and they want to make you feel like the worst person because it's not how it was yeah. trust me there was things they would say all kinds of stuff to me i got put in Time out. And uh, do you know who Jason Jennings is by I any do. chance? I don't. Okay, so he's former pitcher with us. Eddie Gordado. Do you know him by yes. any chance? Okay. So Eddie was my mentor. So was um, – now I just lost his name. I just said his name. Jason. Jason Jennings, yeah. He was also a mentor. And then Kevin Millwood. Those guys were helping me out. 
Darren Oliver, too. I want to give him love, too. Um, so we're out in Oakland, and this is also adding to why the game's changed so much. And uh, Eddie was like, hey, make fun of JJ's uh, ankles. Tell him he's got cankles. Just tell him that you didn't know uh, Jordan's made uh, shoes for people <laughs> with cankles. I was like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he was, say it. And he gave me, like, that look. I was like, okay, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So I looked at him, and I said it. I was like, man, JJ, I didn't know they made uh, Jordans for people with cankles. And, bro, he lost it. He went off on me right away. Eddie's dying laughing. I was like, man, what the heck? And he's like, what do you mean, what the heck? I didn't say nothing. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> and then JJ was like, you're in timeout. Don't talk. You cannot talk for three innings. Do not say a single word. And it was funny after that. Then everybody's trying to get me to talk. And JJ's like, you, every time somebody would say my name, you'd just see his head peek around the corner and looking at me. <laughs> and the Oakland, the bullpen's out on the field, and it's just a bench. Oh, tr- uh, trust me, Oakland's the worst football place to ever play football because you got to run a route at second base. Yeah, you got to watch out for the yeah, dirt. Yeah. <laughs> see, I liked it because it's big for me. Yeah, that's um, what she said. But, yeah, <laughs> unfiltered. Unfiltered. So and so, yeah, here. that was that was the thing. Like, stuff like that, you can't do that anymore. Like, yeah. You know, we'd have to, you know, cool stuff. With, like, I like hearing about guys' stories. Like, we get up on the front of the bus. All right, tell me what round you got drafted in. Oh, man, okay. And then wh- how much money did you get? And, oh, God, he's got money. He's yeah. rich. Like, stuff like that. It's fun. Like, the things we would do, you're building the camaraderie. Yeah. And people don't understand it. They just look at it like, oh, today we made uh, Jesse wear a, a pink backpack out in public and everything and made him feel like he was whatever. And it's like, no. That's not that it's us having fun. Right. Because that's what we do. We guys, we are we're weird. We do some weird stuff. You can't sit here and tell me we don't. No, we do. And so that's why women live longer than we do. Yeah, probably. That's why women we live are longer. not afraid to try we, some dumb some stuff. Dumb, <laughs> dumb stuff. And that's why women live way longer than we do. And the other thing too that I, I do miss, and I've seen this with some of the teams, I feel like the Rangers, for example, do do this. Team dinners. And I think we kinda like I've been a part of one of the most epic team dinners in NFL history. Did you get charged with the bill? No, I was there when a fifty-two thousand dollar bill was made. <laughs> well, we did. We've done stuff like that, and uh, we did it in Toronto. I made my debut. They took me out. Nice little restaurant. I'm, you know, I'm just making whatever it was at the time, and I remember I just got my first paycheck, so I remember this perfectly. Paycheck comes in, twenty-two thousand dollars. I'm, oh my god, two weeks. Oh. <laughs> Oh my lord! Oh my, thank you so much. And then we, hey, let's go to dinner. Oh, okay, okay, I'm good. Now, is it the team? Is it yeah, just this is, pitchers? This is, this is mainly pitchers. Okay, gotcha. I was like, okay, my brother's here. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Bring him out. Who cares? Okay, cool. I'm just, I'm in awe just looking at this check. I can't believe it. It's so great. And then we go to dinner. We get there and crushing all this food, and I'm just enjoying myself, drinking some wine. They're trying to get me all drunk. You know, have a good time. Like you just had your first MLB appearance. Like you, you came in. And, extra inning game you're definitely not throwing tomorrow like you did your job and then all of a sudden that bill came around (laughs) and i just remember seeing now this is what i didn't see was somebody else took the bill and they were actually paying for it but then they had the other bill like the fake bill come through and i remember it got right to me and i'm like i'm kind of messed up at the time and i'm looking at it and like hey you got that right and i was like yeah yeah I got, I got it, and I opened it, and I looked, and I was like, "Oh, oh good lord!" It was thirty-two thousand. Mm. I was like, oh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> "That paycheck I yeah. had." Oh man! And I looked at my brother. He goes, "What's wrong?" I was like, "You want to see that? You want to help me with this?" <laughs> Show it to him. He just goes, "Oh, 
jeez. And I was like, yeah. And I sat there. I mean, I, dude, I started sweating. I didn't know what to do. I'm freaking out. And then one of the guys was like, all right, get your card out. And I was like, all right. I got it out. And this is where it became real bad. I had a Texas Rangers credit card. Mm. Now, I get it. People are going to be like, well, what's wrong with that? You don't do that. Mm. You don't wear your gear out in public. You don't wear. You don't get stuff right. associated with, with like yeah. with the team you're, you're with. Yeah, like, you're, you're a player. Like, you don't need to put that out there because right. it is. I get it now, and I, I got it then too. Is <laughs> like you're marketing yourself, but it's like you're trying to put that out there. So I got it, and dude, I was I was like this, just shaking, giving it to him, and they all start busting up laughing, like you okay, you okay? I was, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm fine. Just take the check. Take the check. And then they got it. They saw my card. They started ripping into me. A Texas Ranger card. Oh, you play for the Rangers? Oh, no way. And they're just going at it. And I'm like, man. And then finally, they, Eddie came back. And he's like, put that crap away. Like, what are you doing? Don't ever bust out a Texas Rangers credit card. Yeah. He's like, I should make you pay for it for having that. But we already got the check. You're good. So kind of a, a, of a backstory. Uh, I, was one, I was a part of one of the most epic rookie dinners in all of sports. The Des Bryant rookie dinner. God. The famous $52,000 at Papa Bro's dinner. Um, and it kind of correlates to the story because Des Bryant comes into the National Football League and it's the culture of, you know, hey, rookies, you carry pads. And Des came in and, and, and Des was dead set on, I am not carrying pads. I am not carrying pads. And at the time, the vet of the group was Roy Williams out of Texas receiver. And so Roy's like, you're going to carry my pads. Like, you're going to carry my pads. And Dez was dead set. You're not carrying my pads. And so you know how it is. If there's a veteran on the team and you kind of, you're a rookie, you're kind of like disrespecting the veteran, the other veterans would go like, oh, really? And so there was this back and forth thing between Dez and Roy all year. Uh, God rest his soul, my good friend, Marion Barber. He was like, oh, word, you're not going to carry pads. And Dez was just dead set. I'm not carrying pads. And so we get to the rookie dinner, and we're at Papa Bro's right over here uh, uh, in, in Dallas. And Des is late. <laughs> He's late. Yeah, it's a no-no. And by the time that Des got there, I'm not a drinker. But they brought out, they said, well, what's the most expensive liquor you have? They said, we have this bottle of Louis XIII rare cask. It's always in a light, too. Yes. Out in front. They got to put the white gloves on. They got to wheel it out. They hit a button. This thing opens up. It kind of comes out. This illuminating light. $1,300 a shot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, I don't drink. I am drinking this. I am not leaving this place with not getting a chance to say that I had a $1,300 shot. I mean, we're buying Wagyu Kobe beef steaks. I got two. <laughs> they got the shrimp and lobster towers. They bought the biggest bottle of, of, of Ace of Spade. They're pouring it in a flower pot in this private room. I mean, it is going insane. Des finally shows up about 45 minutes late. And there's like, he's like, hey, man, we're finished. The damage has been done. And they brought the bill. And it was $52,000. <laughs> and the way that Dez spazzed out, and the, I'm not paying it. And I was like, up, oh, Rook. And, it, and the way that it goes in the NFL is first-round rookie pays the majority of it. 
the next pick kind of picks up. So they break it down first round, second round, third round, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so he was supposed to pay the bulk of it. He came late. It was just all bad. Um, story goes, I don't know how this ended. I left. Once I got my $1,300 shot, <laughs> I ate my Kobe Wagyu beef steak and, and shrimp in the See. towers. I got my stuff to go because I had steak and eggs the next morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> this steak was like a, a buck seventy two hundred. I was it was it was crazy. I, I left. Story goes that Jerry, they, like everyone left and like left Nick and Sam's, with, not Nick and Sam, excuse me, uh, Papa Bros with this bill of fifty two thousand dollars because Des refused to pay. Story has it that Jerry Jones eventually picked up the tab because we were we were there as cowboys. But I don't know who paid it. I just oh, know that I left. And, and, but it, it, it goes back to, you know, to what you were saying. And I love those stories, even down to the hazing. My rookie year, I was with Chad Ochocinco in Cincinnati. And he was a good vet. He was a good vet. I, I had my hair. I had the locks. I still have the locks. But I had the locks then. And normally they cut your hair. But he spared me. And he said, listen. He goes, I'm going to spare you. He goes, if you don't have my smoothie done every single morning when I walk in here. I'm cutting your hair. In the meeting room, you go out and you get TJ Hushmanzada, you get Chris Henry, Tad Perry, some other veterans. You find out what their snack of choice is. And they had bins in, in, the, in the meeting room. If their bin is ever empty, I'm cutting your hair. So like my locker looked like Sam's Club. <laughs> like literally sunflower seeds, gummy bears, lollipops, fruit snacks. Like my the bottom portion of my locker, you thought it was Sam's Club. Because I was like, never am I going to miss an opportunity to, to not have this stuff stocked in the meeting room. But it, it was that, that's the type of thing that when people ask me, what do you miss about the game? As I can use the R word as a retired player. Um, it's that. It's those bus rides. It's the plane rides. It's the dinners. You, it's that locker room. It's the locker room. Those things you you can never find anywhere else. And speaking of the locker room, one thing I, I kind of want to dig into um, that we recently saw in baseball with um, with the Braves in Philly, with the whole thing. Baseball, you guys have a sacred locker room, sacred clubhouse. Let mm -hmm. me get the terms right. A sacred clubhouse. And some comments got out. From what one player said, but a reporter got back to Bryce Harper, out of boy Bryce. And Bryce responded. Oh, he did. He responded the way you're supposed to respond when you're that dude. But just talk a little bit about the sanctity of a clubhouse in baseball. Because I'm still I, I still hear stories. I'm like, they drink beer, they eat food in the locker rooms, like in the in the clubhouse while games are happening. Like, if you can, you know, the most that you can share. Just how the clubhouse and the sanctity of the clubhouse is in Major League Baseball. I mean, it's like you said. What happens in the clubhouse stays in the clubhouse. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just your your it's your sacred home. It's your uh, I don't know how to really put it. It it's it's off limits. Like it's not uh, you don't just randomly you don't bring things into it. I guess you could say. Um, yeah, there's stories from way back that you know people were drinking and all that stuff and. Um, you know, I can say because I, I'm probably gonna hit that spot anyway of the R word, but uh, I know that I would do. I, I'm gonna say for me, I'm not gonna throw. In, there's nobody else involved. This is just me. Mm -hmm. um, 
certain situations, I know I'm not pitching as a starting pitcher, and I'm trying to find a way to rally, you know, get the guys going, I'll go shotgun a beer and have a rally beer, see if that would help get the guys a, a run. Um, we're all trying to do different things. Now, to sit here and say, like, some of the stuff, you know, I know one of the stories that got out was, uh, what was it, Boston was eating chicken, chicken and, and yeah. beers and stuff. I mean, at the same time, did it really affect, you know, anybody? You know, that's the thing that gets me is, like, whatever happens in there. And the media always wants to know. They want to yeah. they want to get that story out there. But, like, what's it doing? All you're doing is you're going to damage that clubhouse. You're going to damage the, the people around the, the organization. What for? Is that what you want? Is that what they're trying to do? Um, for me, that's why I'm, I'm only going to speak on my own behalf when it comes to this because there is a lot of things that, you know, we get to do because that's, that's our, it's our room. It's a, it's, it's our temple, you know, yeah. only things going, going on in there. But yeah, for me, it was always uh, chug a, a rally beer, you know, get something going that way. Um, trying to think, I mean, it, there's just, I, I'm just always impressed because being in an NFL locker room, you talk about 53 guys. Uh, on game day, but overall, there's so many guys in the locker room. Just th- there's always these unspoken rules in baseball, and you rarely hear things come out of the clubhouse. Whereas in NBA locker rooms, NFL locker rooms, there's always sources, right? There's always these anonymous sources, and things always find their way to the media and out, and you know, into now the social media realm. But baseball, there's something about baseball that just that thing stays. That thing stays airtight when it comes to baseball. It's it's a family. That's the big thing too. Um, the other one that I would like to add as well is when the media does come in, um, we know who we can trust and whatnot. And if we are, if if we notice that somebody's being very disrespectful or whatnot, we have the power to keep you out. Mm. You know, you got to remember that too. Is not like uh, I guess you could say NFL or I guess NBA. I don't know how that really. I don't know those locker rooms like I do the MLB. But from the teams that I've been with, if somebody was being extremely disrespectful and they were constant, like you get a couple warnings, and then after that, it's like, no, nah, we this guy cannot come in this clubhouse anymore. Like if he wants to come, he can come on the road when we go somewhere else and do it there, but not here at our house. Like we're not, we're not doing that. Uh, that would be something that stands out big time. But man, it, it's cool. Like you. You know, you get some of those celebrities that come in. I know I got to see Owen Wilson, Matthew McConaughey. Um, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, <laughs> bro, the wildest one. I got to share this one, man. This is crazy. I did that wild thing haircut, and Charlie Sheen just mm. ate it up. Loved mm. it. Reached out to me. We got in touch. I was like, hey, you man. with Charlie Sheen? No, no. I, I, I wanted to. <laughs> but I, it would have been crazy. Yeah, I might not have made it back. Might not have, yeah, yeah. I, I might have caught a few yeah, things, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I had a little bit of that, we, that Magic Johnson. That, that, thing, I, that thing you can't give back. I would have found some tiger blood, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I just remember it was so funny. So I was like, hey, man, come to the game. I'm pitching against the Angels. He lives in L.A. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I got you. I got you, Dutch. I'll be there. I'm all excited. Dude, this dude was 1,000 miles an hour. I love him. He's awesome. He was, he was super cool. Game day comes. I'm, I'm not a guy that, like, I don't care. I'll talk to you, whatever. I'm not one of those, like, don't talk to me kind of guys. Because yeah. I know once I step on that grass, the lights come on, the mode is there. Yeah. You ain't talking to me yeah. now. I'm in my own thing. Yeah. Which we can get into that, too. Uh, we are. Don't worry. And uh, so right before the game, it's like games at 7. I think it was uh, it was about 5, 5.30. I'm starting to do my routine, get things going. I'm about to go take a shower, get get my body hot, get ready. I got a text. Hey, come come outside. Come say hi. 
I leave it alone. Calls me. Leave it alone. Reaches out to our MLB security. He's outside the locker room. Hey, let me go see Holland. I, I, I told He knows I'm here. I want to go see him. And Blake was like, he's our uh, security guy. He's like, no, no, he, he's pitching today. You got to wait. You know, you're, we'll get you down here. You're going to see him after the game. All right, but just, just tell him I'm out here. You know, I want to <laughs> see the kid. And so, whatever, that, that finishes. I go out. I'm doing my whole thing. Pitch a, I pitch a gym. End up throwing, I think it was like eight innings. Just awesome. Great baseball. We, we end up winning, whatever. So that makes it better. When you win, it's that much better when those guys come right. in because now everybody's going to be excited to see him. Right. So I'm, I'm like the last one. I got to do an interview, all that stuff. I'm the last one. So I go get in the shower. I hear him. He's in the clubhouse now. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. I got little Joe Boo because once I started doing the haircut, I was like, let's go all let's in. Let's go all in, yeah. So I got Joe Boo. He's up in my locker. I can hear him. Where's my kid at? Where's Dutch? Where's, where's Mr. Holland? I'm in my like shower. I'm getting out. I put the towel on, and I come right around the corner, and there he is. Uh, half the team is around him talking to him and stuff, and he just stops what he's doing with them. That's my boy <laughs> going nuts. He's like, get over here. Come on. I was like, let me change, man. Let me change. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying half to come naked, see you my body. naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what could connect. You know, I got to be careful. Oh, sorry. And... Uh, so I, I get over to my locker, hurry up and change, and he goes, man, and he holds Joe Boo, and he's like, I can't believe you got little Joe Boo here. <laughs> I said, like, yeah, man, you got to go all out. And he goes, let me see the hair. So I turn around, and he's like rubbing my head. He's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. He's like, I can't believe you're doing this. this. And, he, dude, he's just going. And I was like, okay. And then the guys are talking probably to him. Probably a little enhanced, you know. Whew, was probably a little, probably a little, was you know he? what I mean? Might have been a line or two, you know, yeah, that he didn't something, skip over. Something. Just but saying. That's where, that's where it gets good. Just saying. That's, you know, that's normal. So I'm going to act like it's you that's in there. So it's me, you, and Bannister was the coach. The that's manager. my guy. And so we're all talking, okay? So he's talking to you about one thing. And he's, he stops, talks to Bannister. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like this. And then he looks at me and he starts talking to me. I'm like, how the hell are you keeping up with three <laughs> different stories? And, bro, he would literally stop and pick up exactly where he left off with you. Yeah, that's some they good come stuff. Back and, dude, he was. And then the best part, this is what was funny. He's telling the story. And the story that he's telling us is he bought all of left field at Anaheim Stadium so he could get a home run ball. All right? And we're all dying. This is like, oh, my God, are you serious? And stop. you can look it up, too. This is real. He bought all the tickets in left field See, behind is- the bullpen. See, this is the type of money that people sometimes don't realize. Like dudes, like, like this. Hey, this is guys being yeah dumb again. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly right. We 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 <laughs> why? We, why? Why? Because I want to catch a home run ball. <laughs> That's all we wanted. I bought the whole. Continue. Now here's the thing. He could have showed up for BP and, and got all a, got got all of them. Doesn't matter. Now I need a lot. But he wants action. a yep. He wanted a real in game action. Okay, yeah. so he buys the whole left field. Didn't get a home run hit to him the entire game. He's telling us all about it. We're dying laughing. Are you serious? We're like, bro, we can go give you a ball. He's like, and it wasn't our game. It was just another game. He's, he's like, no, I made up for it. I went and gotten, I went to another place and we, we got a home run ball. I was like, okay. <laughs> As he's telling this though, he's like, yeah, I bought all the tickets in, in left field. And he pulls out this inhaler and he goes, yeah, and then I didn't get a home run ball. I was like, what just happened? Like, what was that? Yeah, so, that was uh, that was a Lawrence Taylor inhaler. <laughs> You ever heard some stories about Taylor? I've, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what that was. But he, so then after that, you know, he finishes his story, and this is where he goes, hey, why don't you come out with me tonight? You get a couple of guys. Come on out with me. Bannister was right there. He's, ah, I don't <laughs> think so. He's, 
we're gonna need him here in the morning. <laughs> we got a day game tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, he's got to come back. And, and to this day, it's like, hey, thank you, Bannister. I appreciate that. You saved my life, basically. I might not have came yeah. back as a ranger. I don't know what I would have been. I, it's always interesting because you see, as an athlete, you you think like, that's Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. But Charlie Sheen's looking at you like, that's bro, Derek that's Holland. What, that's what blew my yeah. mind, bro. So many, so many people, actors, rappers, they want to be athletes. And sometimes so many athletes, they want to be actors or rappers or, or stuff like that. So it's it's this these two parallel worlds that 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 have this mutual admiration for one another, both wanting to be in the seats of that other person. And then you meet them, you be like, you think I'm cool? Brother, literally, I grew up watching you, or literally I listen to your music, or literally I love being around you, you know, in any in any given moment, you're look you're like fanboying over me. That's the crazy yeah. part about it. So this is <laughs> I got another one. I love stories. We're here for I know, stories. I know. And so I go to the Michigan TCU game. Uh, I take my bullpen catcher who went to TCU, Evan Scout. And we go there, and Vince Vaughn is there. Mm. And uh, I'm, I've got a friend, Ahmed Ahmed. I don't know if you know him, a comedian. He yeah, yeah, plays yeah, yeah. in yes, Iron Man. Yes, 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 yes. Me and him become really good friends. Awesome, dude. He's like, hey, I'll tell Vince you're there. Go say hi. He texted him, and then he texted me back. Dude, Vince said get over there and say hi. He wants to say hi to you. I'm like, what? what so i get over there i walk over and i say hi to him I'm like man he knew who i was he was talking about pitching where i was at all this i was like holy cow dude this is this is incredible i was like you gotta be kidding me so i'm on cloud nine then you have another time we go play i play for the giants now we're going to play the dodgers we go at or uh uh, uh jimmy fallon was in the states okay. sitting over there i'm minding my own business Taking, getting ready to you know, go up to a place, and I'm taking practice swings, and all of a sudden I hear him say something. He's like, hey, Dutch, you uh, you better not strike out up there, you know, just kind of chirping <laughs> me a little bit. And I just, I was like, all right, let's see who this is from the peanut gallery. So I look over, and uh, oh, oh, hey, Mr. Fallon, how we doing? He goes, oh, oh, yeah, okay, you know my name. I was like, you know my name. What are you talking about? Exactly. So we start going back and forth, and he's just being a goofball, like awesome, had fun with it. It's just so funny to watch some of these celebrities yeah. and how they act with us. And then how that you know, what it always comes down to, and you, I know you've experienced this too. They want to be where we are, and we want to be where they are. Absolutely, that's the thing. It's so crazy. Like Owen Wilson came uh, in, into town. He was talking about like you know, I love baseball. I wish I could play baseball. And it's like yeah, I wish I could act. You know, it's <laughs> I can't do that. I wish but, I could be on the silver screen, my yeah, boy. Yeah, I mean, I want to do those same things. But it's it is cool how everything always connects all somehow. Right. Your favorite celebrity of all time. And then the most popular celebrity that you've ever met? I'd say Will Ferrell and Jim Carrey would be the two that... Uh, your favorite and my the, favorite. And most famous? And... Man. Um, that, that's kind of tough. Because, uh, I, I mean, I've met so many. One that just kind of blew me away... Can I share this one, too? You can share whatever you want, bro. Matthew McConaughey. All right. He comes into town. He's going to throw the first pitch out. And uh, it's Colby Lewis, myself. We're just kind of hanging out, and he's going to make some coffee. And it's a Keurig. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets a little cup, and he's trying to figure it out, whatever. And I'm kind of, like, watching, but I'm not. Like, I'm trying – I can see what's going on, but I don't know exactly what's going on. And uh, he sits there and – 
I'm going to go and play catch with him in the cage. So I'm kind of waiting for him to get him ready for yeah. first pitch. And I watch him, and all of a sudden he opens up the Keurig, pours it into the Keurig thing. And I'm like, uh-oh. And then he closes it, turns it on, starts, spr- whoops, starts spraying everywhere. I'm like, what the heck? And then Colby goes over and he goes, hey, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just trying to make some coffee. And he goes, no, 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 man, you got to put the Keurig in the thing. <laughs> and he dropped this line, and I was like, he goes, man, sorry, man. I always got somebody who makes coffee for me. And Oof. I was like, oh. And Kobe was like, not down here, you won't. <laughs> You're going to do it. You got to learn yourself. You got to do it here. But that that was cool. But I guess I would say, so you're asking me who I'd be starstruck by? Sure. I think it would be Will Ferrell or, or Jim Carrey. Just okay. because, like, I mean, I've really looked up to them. I've watched them my whole life. Like, they're, they're just people that I just really enjoy. But you know who else I, I really – I want to see and I want to talk to. I'd love to just the way he he does things too is is it's just kind of my Batman crew. It would be Christian Bale and um, Morgan Freeman. Ooh, I want Fox. to see those two. Yeah, like Fox. Just because I one dude Morgan Freeman when he talks, it's amazing. It's just you, you're always glued in, but it's also like man, if he read a bedtime story, I'd be out cold, <laughs> out cold because he's just so peaceful, so smooth. Everything, and then you got Christian Bale with his deep voice trying to do the whole thing. Best Batman. Movie. Christian Bale. Best Batman oh, movie. movie? Um, the one with the Joker. That would be the Batman Begin. No, not Begins. That would be uh, Return. Which one Return? is it? No, ba- Batman. Or Dark Knight. Or Dark Knight. No, it is the Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Dark, yeah, I'm yeah, thinking of all uh, the – I got them all going. Yeah, yeah, Dark Knight. Here I am. I'm the freaking – Batman I'm guy. the Batman yeah. fan. I got, hey, I got some legit costumes. No, I know. I've seen them. I've, Wear I've those seen, for those kids, man. I've, I've seen, I've seen your they Batman get up. Your, your Batman get up is is uh, it's legit, bro. Because I'm a diehard Batman fan, I'll never forget this. I went to see the kids at the hospital, trying to cheer him up, do everything, and this one kid came up to me, and I, I about started bawling right there. And he goes, "Hey, Batman," tugging on my cape, everything. I was like, "Yeah, what you got, buddy?" And I did it like more in the Batman voice, yeah. trying to keep it deep, and he was like, "I know who you are." But your secret stays with me, Bruce. Oh. And as soon as he said Bruce, I was like, oh, oh, kid, you got to walk away. I yeah, can't do this right now. Yeah, yeah, And he was like, I won't tell nobody. I won't tell nobody. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I appreciate it. Get, get back out there. That's awesome, man. Um, I told you I like talk. No, no, no. This is this is great. We, this is this is a great conversation. Can, and, this is what, and the thing about a lot of times when it comes to athlete, people, I can sit here and throw stats and numbers. people don't care about yeah, I don't care. We, they, nobody they, wants to hear that. They, they want to hear the stories, right? They, they they want to hear who is the person behind the mask. No, but they they want to know the person behind, <laughs> but you know under under the helmet, who's who's under uh, under I the cap, man. I, I don't. I'm, I'm. I did get to hit. You're right. <laughs> but you talked about the charity work that you do. Let's let's go a little bit into sixty feet six, six mm. inches. Your charity work. Um, it's going to be tough. I might break down, so I apologize now. Just it's okay. We, we love the raw emotions of a person. But your charity work, um, because a lot of times there, there is a story behind why. Why you do it, what pushed you to do it. Um, and, and for you, it's not like, oh, I'm doing this just for I want the look. I want everyone to see. Oh, look at me. Kind of detail why you do what you do with 60 feet, 6 inches. Well, it all started because of two guys in front of me, Michael Young, Ian Kinsler. 
Uh, they had charities that they were doing off the field. I wanted to be able to continue that legacy for them when they left, uh, knowing I want them to be able to know, hey, when you go to another team or whatever the case may be or you retire, I got this for you. I can run this. And I got to see Michael go through a tough one where he had lost the kid that he was with, and it kind of, like, crushed me. I was like, man, this is, like – it really opens up a lot more to you to appreciate life in general. And not everybody's got an easy road. Not everybody's got a hard road. Um, but it's all about just showing the support, um, being there for these people. A lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of people with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have, I want to say this before I get into it, because I know I'll, I might break down, but November 2nd, I will be having my event. You've been to quite mm-hmm. a few times, so I thank you for that. Uh, it's going to be at the Lava Cantina in the Colony. Um, live performance by Stoney LaRue, Bryce Hensley, and then we're also going to get to see some of these kids. And I'm going to put this out there now. Um, I haven't cut my hair for a reason. Uh, I'm going to, and I'm, I'm going to surprise the little girl that's going to be there with some clippers. Let her oh. shave my head. Nice. That is my plan uh, of attack that I want to do. But um, so it all started thanks to Ben and Skin from. Uh, the radio, I was doing interviews with them, and they said, hey, this little boy wants to meet. Shout you know, out to Ben and Skin. Ben and Skin, integral part of how I got into the media here in DFW. They've helped a lot of people. A lot of, a lot of people. Shout out to those guys. And they set this up and said that the kid wanted to meet, you know, somebody from the Dallas sports area. Obviously, he probably wanted to meet, I think it was Dirk and maybe Dez or something, like some of the big, big name guys. And... You know, lucky for me, I was just the luck of the draw. That's fine. It had nothing to do with, oh, you're not up here like those guys. No, it wasn't about that. Ben and Skin looked at it as, this guy's got a personality. This yeah. is something that's going to help. And so I got connected with him. It was Briggs. It was his name. And um, I've been involved with his parents since day one. Yep. And so we, you know, I got to interact with him. And, man, you learn a lot about these kids and what they go through. And it gives you a better appreciation of life in general, like I've said, and the thing that stuck out to me was this kid was going and doing nine holes of golf, chemo, and then come and hang out with me. It was kind of the other way around. I think it was chemo, nine holes of golf, 18, whatever, sometimes. And then come out to the house and play video games. We play basketball, whatever. Keep him going. And I got very close with him. I remember I had knee surgery. He was going in to do his thing uh, with his treatment. And since I wasn't allowed to see him because of where he was at, he was basically like this, this room. It's a closed room. You can't interact with him. It's only the nurses and doctors can go in there. I'm pretty sure his parents could go in there too, but it was, dude, it was like tight. Tight, yeah. And so I got him a PlayStation so I could get to connect with him and play while he's there and I'm at home. Since we couldn't do it anymore, let's do it this way. Right. And I just remember it was hard for me because I'm on the other side of the glass looking in at him. And he's looking at me, and I can't go in there and see him. I can't say anything to him. I can't do nothing. I just got to – I have to be like Santa Claus on the outside and just put your gift down there and just kind of wave and see you later. So I got to that, and then I remember talking to him. I said, hey, man, you're going to go through this process. I'm going to go through mine. I'm rehabbing. We're going to get through this together. We're going to do the whole thing. I get done with my rehab. Uh, I'm getting ready to start my rehab assignment, which in baseball that's just me going to pitch down the lower levels before I come back to join the team. I remember right before I was about to leave, um, I got a phone call, and it was uh, his mom. And she said, 
he's not going to make it. And uh, she asked me to come in, so I went in. And, dude, that's hard. Yeah. I walked in. First thing I saw was his mom. She's bawling. I'm bawling. I can't hold it together. I go in there, and Ben's waiting for me. We hug it out. We go in there, and uh, I already know what your faith is. I know what mine is. But those that don't know, if you ever question it, this is where I got to find out that gods are real. I walked in, and as I said, Briggs wasn't going to make it through the night. And uh, they were saying he hasn't opened his eyes. He hasn't. He's not doing anything, like not functioning. He's kind of, I hate saying this, but he's like a vegetable, bro. Yeah. He's, not, he's not responding. <clears throat> and I remember walking in and <sighs> sat across from his table. It was me. Ben was where you were, and he was right there. And we looked at him, and we just let him know, hey, man, we're here. We're here for you. And uh, he wanted to sign LeBron jersey. I went and got it signed thanks to Dirk for doing that. Long story, we can talk about that some other time. But Dirk got that taken care of for me, laid it across his, his chest, and, you know, we're talking to him like, hey, we got you the jersey. You know, we're going to get through this. And I just remember right before, Ben was like, hey, let's pray, let's pray with him. And so we grab his hand, and I'm holding him, and as we're praying, uh, I feel him squeeze me. So immediately I open my eyes and, like, look, and I can see him, like, looking at us. And it, from that moment, I was like, holy cow, like, God is here with this kid right now. This is real. This isn't, this is no fairy tale bullcrap. This is real. Mm-hmm. And I felt the power of God right there, and I knew, man, this he's not done. He's not leaving us. And... I didn't say anything. I kept it to myself. But I know when we got out there, Ben and I, we said we did say to his mom, uh, Deanna, Briggs squeezed our hands. We could see him. He looked at us and got emotional again. And then we left. And uh, the next morning, I got a text. He didn't die. He's yeah. still here. And uh, I was, I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. I knew it. Like I could feel it. So I go and do my rehab assignment. I'm checking in with him. He's checking in with me. We're going back and forth. Everything's good. And then uh, I go to make my first start back in Kansas City. And I text him. I said, hey, because he's, he's kind of moving around a little bit, doing his thing. He's, like, really going up. And I was like, hey, watch this game. This is for you. Okay, I want you to see this. I want you and your mom and your dad sit there together, and I want you guys to watch this game. And uh, thank you to the Texas Rangers for this. And, and at the time, I think it was Fox Sports. Uh they did a whole little thing for him. It was awesome. Gave him a nice little shout out, everything. I wrote his name on the back of the mound. Uh, his name was on my it was on my jersey, my hat, and on my cleats. No, it wasn't on my jersey. I can't you can't do that. So it was on my it was on my hat, I know that, and it was on my cleats. Pitched a gym. I mean it was awesome. I think I went seven seven, maybe eight innings. Uh, get done, get the game ball for him, everything. The guys, they're putting it all together for me. Hey, this is for Derek and for Briggs. This is an outstanding performance. Wash giving me a bunch of praise to the guys. They're all huddled up, high-fiving me and everything, thanking me. Like, it was it was such a cool feeling. And uh, and I'll never, you know, forget about that because of Wash doing what he did. And after that, I come back home. I give him all the stuff. And a few starts go by. We're towards the end of the month. And then uh, I'm pitching against Oakland. And I'm out there for the game doing fairly well Uh, i remember coming back into my locker and john daniels and our mlb security guard was standing there at my locker and i was like hey i just want to let you know we got a phone call from deanna they were trying to get you to 
see if you can come back out because Briggs took a wor- uh, took Turn a spill for the worse. And what happened was I, I guess he had gotten out of his bed trying to use the bathroom on his own. Well, when your body's been laying in a bed for so long, you, you lose the muscle strength and, right. and memory, and you end up collapsing and bruised basically from mid-back all the way down. So it was, it was bad. And they said he wasn't going to make it that night. And they offered to get me basically a police escort to go to the hospital because the game's going on, and it's literally the ninth inning. So right. it, I'm not going to get through that traffic in time to get there. So they tried to help it out. And one of the hardest things I did is I said I couldn't do it. I, I really, in my mind, I, I couldn't do it because I felt this is a time for that family to be there, not me. This is their child. And so I didn't make it, and I was not able to say goodbye to him the way I wanted to. Now, I feel his presence all the time. I, I do my foundation because of him. Um, I continue to carry his legacy out. I also had a, a little girl that I was close with, uh, Adriana, who would send me incredible videos from the iPad, just smartest little girl. She's nine years old. She had the, this rare, I don't know exactly how you would say it. It's a stomach. I think it was inside of her stomach. She had like a scar, like across her stomach. Right. But we would go to Legoland, do all that and, and try to, you know, take her away from it. And she ended up passing away. And I made sure I told the family I would be there for her funeral. And I made sure I got back. Cause I was in the middle of season. I got permission from the team got to fly back and, and see her and be with her family and carry out her legacy as well. Um, and with that being said too, though, we had another kid, um, Jacob is his name. And, uh, I do, I got actually put this in there. I forgot about that. So I had my concert, uh, with Chase Rice up at, uh, the music factory. Tar Heel. And yes, yes, he is. You guys have talked before. Mm-hmm. And, he, uh, He's another guy that you don't want to party with. Just No, no. I did. You, you want to party with Chase? I'm too old to party with Chase. Yeah, just you can't keep up with those guys now. Quick, just a little. I love Chase. I was with Chase in New Orleans when the uh, Tars went to the Final Four and we lost to Kansas. <laughs> and Chase is like, hey, you got to come out. And I'm like, Chase, like, that's not my scene anymore. Like, I'm, I'm old. He's like, you got to come out. And I come out and like the security is like, who are you? I'm like, I'm here with Chase. He's like. 50 bucks. I'm like, I'm not paying to get in. He's like, I'm like, i here with Chase. He's like, well, why you didn't say that? I come in. This place is packed wall to wall. I go and I see Chase. He's like, Jay Holly. And, and like the place erupts. And I'm like, I got to use the bathroom. And I go to the bathroom and I sneak out and I go home. But I just wanted him to see me at that moment. Chase is a good dude. Cannot party with Chase. It's, it's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> but we had the, he was our charity event singer. And uh, that's when all the COVID stuff started happening. Mm-hmm. And I talked to Chase, and I was like, man, we, we might have to just crush this. Like, we have to skip it, close it, whatever. And he was like, if, if you think that's the right thing. Because he didn't like the rules that were going on. Like, we're trying to do something for a, a little girl, and they were wanting, like, the, uh, you had to get a – either you had to have the vaccine or you had to get a, a, te- a COVID test. And they wanted to test her. Mm. And she's going through all that stuff. I don't care. If you got to test me, whatever, I don't care. But at the same time, you're not going to go test a girl – who's already got tubes going through her and everything else, and you're going to sit here and do that. And Chase found out, too, and he was not happy about it as well. So I was like, I don't know, what, do we try to do it? And he was like, yeah, let, let's just go ahead and try to do it. So we did the concert. She couldn't come because of that. Wow. So then I got super pissed, and I started making comments while I was on stage about the, the place. I was hoping they would hear me. I was hoping they were going to try to tell me we're going to shut this down because we had several people there, so you would upset a lot more <laughs> than just me. 
and and it still bothers me to this day. Like you, they want to do that because this is this is above all that stuff. Yeah, this is for a real person who's going through an actual cancerous thing that's going on. So what we ended up doing, and I told Chase, I said, "Hey, I got an idea. We're gonna Facetime her." And thank you for the Children Cancer Fund. They had another kid there too. They had a couple kids there that one they wanted me to meet to uh-huh. begin with, but two. I got to have one of them tell a story that was just starting his treatment. So I was like, okay, we can tie these all together. We'll make this good. And so we FaceTime Adriana, and she's just lit up. Like, she sees me, and she's all happy. You know, she's smiling. I was like, hold on, I got a surprise for you. And I turn around on the stage, and it's just all the people right wow. there. And she's smiling. They erupt going nuts for her. She's going crazy. I get the phone back. My mom's crying. She's like, I can't believe you did that. That's so awesome. It means a lot for me and my daughter. And Adriana's just loving it. You can see, I mean, she's a little girl. She's getting yeah. all excited. So I was like, that's cool, getting to do that. So thank you to Chase and uh, Children Cancer Fund for letting that happen. But then uh, after that, they bring up Jacob. Never been to a concert before. Mm. First concert, Chase Rice. I said, hey, buddy, come on up here. He starts telling us his story and everything. He's just going through cancer treatments and... Bro, his story, when he started telling everybody about what he's doing and how he's going to beat cancer and everything, bro, I'm not kidding. If you would have heard it, you were ready to go through a wall. That whole place was erupting. They were going nuts because of how he carried himself. Yeah. He gets done. I said, I got one more surprise for you. I want you to introduce Chase Rice. And then he did it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's (laughs) Chase Rice. He's going nuts. Got his cowboy hat on everything. I was like, hey, stay up here. Let's watch we'll watch a couple songs together up here. I want you to see this. You don't, you don't get to do this all the time. Yeah. Let's do this. And then I brought his family up, and they all just sat there and watched the show together. The next year, was it the next? Yeah, it was the next year. Or last year, it comes to my event. And uh, found out that he had beat cancer. Nice. So I reached out to Children Cancer Fund, and I said, hey, can we bring a bell? I know that's the tradition to do it up there, but I want to do it here with these guys, too, if it's okay. Got the green light. Everything's good. He had no idea. We had around, I want to say it was like fifteen to 1,800 people there at the Lava Canteen. It was awesome. Get him up on stage. He's telling his story, and we're talking about how he beat cancer, and everybody's going nuts. And I was like, hey, you got one more thing you got to do. I want to show you all these people here. This is how much we care about you, how much we want to be there for you. Go ring that bell and watch this reaction. Mm. And he went and rang that bell. I got chills. The place went nuts. It was, dude, it was the coolest thing ever. I've never got to do anything cool like that to, to celebrate somebody like that doing that. Bro, it was, it was awesome. It was so cool. And wow. that's what we try to do uh, every time with the event. I know we got another one, this little girl. Her name's Ariana. Uh, she actually has a brain cancer. And she had just shaved her head not too long ago. And I went and had lunch with her. And that's why, for me... I want to surprise her with the clippers and let her shave my head. Nah, man. Like this, this. But I do want to say this though, because I get it. Like, because we had talked about at the very beginning. I don't. I'm not doing it to like. I don't want people to be there. Like, oh, he's doing this so he can get people. No, I. I never do any of that stuff. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go see kids the way I can. I don't. I don't need to have cameras and all that stuff. Right. Like, I'm doing it because I can. Like, I. I've dressed up in transformer costume that I have. It's legit too. <laughs> Did a bingo for them during COVID. I had to do it at the house while they were there. That was cool. Um, I've done the Batman for them. I've done, I do like the Kermit the Frog. I'll go into the, it's called the Seacrest Studios. You go in there and you get to talk on the phone. It was me, Delano, the Shields, and I forget who else was with me. I'm doing Kermit the Frog. All the kids are lighting up because they can't see me. Right. They just hear me. Right. Because it's a radio station thing. 
stuff like that to me brings so much more joy and the whole point of this whole thing is is being able to show these kids that it's not just their family that's in their corner or just their friends it's everybody yeah and when their name is out there like that that's why when like you know we have the event and they see these the 1500 people or however many it is that's out there those are for me yep that's what they see that's what i try to incorporate with all these kids is i don't want you to feel like you're alone because you're not and we're in this battle together. That's how it should be. We should be in this together because we're a family. That's how it's supposed to be. No, you're so, right. And, and, try and, to do that. And to your credit, um, you've been uh, you've been an absolute gracious uh, donor to my charity, Holly's Helping Hands. And I'm I'm forever. Let me publicly say I've we, I've said it to you a hundred times privately, all the time, but publicly, let it. me say thank you because it's it's a blessing i always say that it's a blessing to be a blessing and when people believe in the same mission that you believe in to help other people it's it's one of those things where that that goes beyond anything that you could ever think of because i for one have have been a person who've been in 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 moments of need as as a youth and i've always i remember it being a kid and i always talk about if there was just someone there to help me to help my mom or my grandmother in these situations boy would that mean a lot and and through donations like yours and others to 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 be able to do what i do during christmas because that's my favorite time my favorite holiday christmas so i love to be um, a giver on those days and give kids who would have otherwise not had um, the opportunity to do so uh, on Christmas has always been um, a great thing of mine. But I, so I publicly want to say thank you to you and thank you for, for just what you do for your charity and for these other people. And there's many people that will watch this um, that, that, that if you want to help, you know, head over to your what, what's some of your social media so that they can. So go you to go to the charity side, you want to go to 60 feet six. That's yeah. the number 60. The word feet six. The number. Um, and then just do that. It's on Instagram. Or you can go to 60feet6.org. That'll take you right to it. There you go. Um, you know, there's no there's no <laughs> way to transition from that greatness because we could we could drop mic drop right there because that's just phenomenal. But it, it, I would be remiss when you're talking about having a former Ranger, having an MLB pitcher, to not talk about what the current Rangers are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and where they're at, up two games to none in the ALCS. Just... What I, what I do want to talk about first, and we build our way to there, is just give me a, a behind-the-scenes take from your perspective on a season, 162 games, like the emotions, the, the ups and downs, the, 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 the runs, the slumps. Like just what is that from a player's perspective? How do you guys get through that and, and kind of equate it to what this Rangers team has went through this year? Well, first, this year, this team, they are the first team in MLB to have over, I think it's 35 blown saves and mm. still get into the playoffs. They almost won the division, but to get into the playoffs right. is incredible. They were still a 90-win team doing that too. Yeah. Um, but with talking about the season, man, you're talking to a pitcher, so I'm playing once every five days, so it's 35 starts. But you're around the guys. But, yeah, yeah, you're, oh, you're around everybody every it's single a, day. It's a beating. Yeah. and. Just like, you know, you better get familiar with the cold tub. You better get familiar with treatments, massages, whatever it is to keep that body right. Because you're trying to do everything you can through 162 to get a W, 162, right. every single time. Um, it's it's a grind. And you got to be, one, you got to be mentally tough. you got to be able to take take the good with the, the bad. I mean, you can't just go out there and be, you know, 
checking Twitter because you did good, and then also when you do bad, it's like, ah, oh, don't get on there. Yeah. Like, you're going to get roasted. That's how it is. got to be ready to be told that you suck. A lot of other things, too. People are not afraid to cross that line. Yeah, boy. And that's the thing. If you can't handle it, you, it's going to take you out. It's going to eat you up. And that's why I'm, I'm lucky, man. 13 years in the show is not an easy feat right. by any means. But to be able to withstand the mental side of it, I got a mental doctor, Don, Don Cockstein. He's with the Dallas Mavericks, actually, too. He was with the Rangers at the time. Helped me out. I learned so much more about myself of how to handle things when it comes to the negative attitudes coming at me. How to carry yourself. One thing that I will encourage, because I know you like to be positive and I love that. In everyday life, stop looking at the negative things. Always be positive. Find the positive. Even when you have a bad day, I guarantee you something positive happened. Yeah. Find it and live off of that. Mm-hmm. Do not let the negatives, because you think about this. When you have a bad game, this is baseball side now. You have a bad game, you sit at your locker, you pout. Man, I should have done this, 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 and this. You have a good game, hey, let's go rage. Let's right. go party. Right. But... What I've learned now is when I have the bad game, well, what did I do right? Oh, you know what? I made this pitch in this situation. Mm-hmm. It worked out. We got out of that. That's a right. Let's look at those. Let's hold on to those. Let the negatives go. The one thing that's crazy, too, about the game of baseball for me is how quick you can forget things. Bro, I could literally face you, get you out, walk right into the dugout as soon as I got done, and you could ask me what I threw you, and I will not know. <laughs> because it's just how I, it's, it's how I got wired. Right. But then the next time you come up to the plate, boom, I know exactly what I did to you and how I did it. Now I'm going to do it again. Mm. That's the thing is how quick you can forget something. Because if you do hold on to it, I know early in my career, I would hold on to things. You could hit a home run off me, and next thing you know, I've given up six more runs, and whoop, I'm out of the game. As I got older, I gave up a home run. Okay, now we go seven. You know, what? I, I had a game... One of the things I'll never forget, and I'm so lucky that Derek Shelton, who's the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, I was tipping pitches. And basically they knew what was going on. I gave up four home runs in the first inning. It was Mm. back-to-back, single, home run again, and then like maybe a couple other hits, whatever. And then I finally got out. I came back in. They told me we had no pitching. Like we had nobody we could use. Shelton said, hey, I don't know what you got to do, but you need to bear down and you got to get through this. I need you right now. Ended up going seven innings. Through 100, I think it was 116 pitches, whatever. Saved our bullpen. Next day, though, that's that's where it got bad. <laughs> Next day, the guy only lasted like an inning and a third. He had upset stomach. Now, that's the other thing, too, toughness. Yeah. But the, the thing is, you have to be, with the season, as long as it is, you have to be mentally tough, mentally prepared, and you train for these moments. This The off season is to prepare for the season. Baseball is literally 12 months out of the year. Yeah, we play for six. But that other six is training to get ready for the next six. It's always the next. And for me, like what, what these guys are doing, it's incredible. They've gone on streaks on both winning and losing. They've been a team that's been up and down. It's been an incredible roller coaster. But the thing is, I've said this from day one, you get into the playoffs, it doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. It's what you do now. Yeah. you got to focus on now, and that's what they've done. They, they know that – the weakness was the bullpen. You know, they, everybody's always scared to death when it gets to the bullpen. They haven't showed any of that this time. They have not shown, and I hope they continue to do it. I don't think this is wood, but they continue. Yeah, that, that'll work too. I'll yeah. do that with you. <laughs> That's the thing is it doesn't matter what you did. It's what you do now, and they are showing it right now. They are hot. They're doing everything that they need to do. They're fundamentally sound, both pitching, fielding, hitting. Everything is clicking right where it needs to be. And it's funny because Houston came into it and saw that stupid video from Bregman saying, 
you know, I, I guess we'll never know whatever that, that quote is, like, oh, I, I thought we were going to lose the West or whatever, mm. something, whatever, something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I make stupid videos, too, so it's okay. <laughs> but, you know, here they are. Now Houston thought they were comfortable because they, they won the West. They had beaten Texas big time, you know, when they played against us here. They, I mean, it was like 12 nothing, 13 to three. You know, they I think it was like out. 34 to nine was like the total run. And then now look at it. Yeah. Now it's like we're up two nothing. It's like oh man, and this and you know this in any sport too. You take that other team too light. You think you've got the W before you played them. What happens? You lose. You lose. So that's what's going on. And I, I mean, hopefully Texas continues what they're doing. It's an awesome ride to watch. Um, I'm jealous. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Like I'd love to be on the other side of this right now. I want to be able to help bring a ring to Texas. And yeah. I, what they're doing is incredible. It shows the the camaraderie that they have in that clubhouse. I've heard they go get dinners and stuff together. They they are together. They are a family, and that's how it's supposed to be. Is when you get in, when you sign up, and you play baseball together, that's a family from day one, day one sixty two plus the playoffs. Right. They're six wins away. You know, it, it's um this lineup. It, it's a good mixture, and, and and a lot of developed as the year went on. But there's a good mixture of veteran players and young players, like Josh Young and. Evan Carter, but you then you have guys like Corey Seager and guys who've been around for a while. What is it about the the makeup of this roster that kind of makes this team gelled and better than what they were? Kind of, you know, because they ended the year kind of on that slump and they kind of won something. They lost the last game of the season, but in the roster building of things, right? Like, wh- what is that 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 gives them that? That fight. It's more of just making the guys comfortable. You know, I get it. Like, let's say you were my rookie. You get caught up. I've been in the league for a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to haze you for a little bit, but I want you to make. I want you to be comfortable because yeah. when you're comfortable, that means you're going to perform. So what they're doing is that. They're, now, I, I can't say the hazing stuff or any of that. I, I want to make sure that's clear. They're giving those young guys probably a hard time like they should, but they're also making them comfortable because they want to win. And if you want to win, then you got to make that guy feel like he's a part of it. And that's what they're doing. I mean, you you look at how they do everything in the clubhouse, the handshakes, the everything. Bro, they got flow. They're always together. They're doing things. They're vibing together. The vibe but, is good. It, it, yeah, it's 100%. It's what you want in a clubhouse. And that's the thing, too, is when you got a leader like Bochi and Maddox, it's tough to beat, man. They they keep things right. The one thing I will say that I know from Bochi, because I played for him, when they lose, he's not going to go in there and give you a meeting. He's not going to say, hey, hold up, let's. Let's get out of this crap. Let's go. We need to let's let's start playing the way we were supposed to play. No. Let the veterans take control. Let them do their thing. And every time, every time they get into a losing streak, they bounce out of it and they go on a winning streak. Every single time they've done it. You kind of went to where I wanted to go next. You and your relationship with a guy like Ron Harper. Excuse me, Ron, Ron Harper. Ron Washington, right? That what is that dad. that manager mean to you, right? It's being able to kind of Attitude reflects leadership, and now you insert Bruce Brochi into this locker room now. And I've read articles upon articles of just his his even keelness about like never too high, never too low. Have the pedigree, three World Series that he already has underneath his belt. How important is a manager to a team's overall success? Not not just the lineup part of it, but the mental part of it. Really having that relationship between player and manager. Can't lose the clubhouse. That's the first thing. Cannot lose the clubhouse. Uh, I think also with Bochi, actually, I want to use Wash because literally he's – I'm not kidding. He's like my dad. We still talk every yeah. day. Well, not every day, but we talk quite a, quite a bit. 
And the thing that made Wash so good is he interacted with the guys. He was talking shit. He was out there fielding, fielding ground balls, everything. Like, bro, he, he would talk to you. Let's say you're a player. He would talk so much crap to you, and he would go out and try to outdo you on the field. <laughs> and, hit, I mean, bro, it was, it was unreal. And I'll never forget, he got to do the, uh, the old-timers game in mm-hmm. Minnesota. Man, he was hyping himself up, hyping himself up. And he's talking all this smack to all the guys. And then we started, you know, riffing back with him. Like, hey, you better not go up there and strike out. You can't be disappointing us like that. Like, you're our guy. You cannot be an embarrassment to us. Represent us well. Wash, Wash loved it. Started talking crap. That's what, that's what makes Wash Wash. He interacts with his guys. He is one of the guys, but he also knows he's also the leader. Right. He's going to set the tone and tell you how you need – if something's going wrong, he's going to let you know. He ain't going to beat around the book. He's going to go right at you and let you know. With that being said, we go to Minnesota. We're watching him play. We get out there. Man, he gets a ground ball. Boom, makes a nice play. with. Oh, okay, Wash, you still got it. We got it. Okay. Gets up to the plate. I mean, he just hits a duck fart. Just terrible hit. <laughs> he takes off running, and then all of a sudden, it looks like somebody was just like, pow, pow. Mm, Both hamstrings gone. Bam, bam. Snipe down he went. Everything. We're all dying laughing. It is the funniest thing. He gets up. He's like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Bro, Eddie Gordado brought in like a butt pad for him to sit on. <laughs> all the guys are bringing him all kinds of stuff. And he's, you know how he is in the bench. Like, he wants to get animated, right, right. waving it around. Bro, he was hurting, and we just continued to keep riding him, just just ripping on him. But he loved it. Right. Because he knows, like, we're not doing it out of despite. Like, we, we're we glad you got hurt. No, no, no. We know. You were trying. You were trying. <laughs> you wanted to impress us. You wanted to be the big dog out right. there because that's how you are. Wash is the big dog. He'll tell you. I'm, I can't say how he would say it, right. but he's the big dog. And, bro, it, that's, that's what you got to have, and that's what Bochi brings. Now, Bochi, he can't necessarily go out and – Obviously, go field ground balls, all stuff. But he'll stand at that turtle, and you guys are taking BP, and he'll be talking crap to you. You could hit a ball, and it might not even get out. Like, oh, <laughs> might want to work on that weight room or something. <laughs> like, he'll, he'll make the comments right. that are necessary right. to keep the guys. He is, I guess you, it's easy to say, he's one of the guys. Like, I, I don't like to use that because people are always like, no, you don't need to be, you don't need to be friends with your manager. Remember, he's your boss, like that kind of thing. Yeah. No, Bochi is the guy that would he'll come play cards with you, he'll come have a drink with you. He, he understands how to connect with the team, but also keep that line of when it's time for me to be manager, no, I'll be manager for right. you. But I'm also going to be – I'm. It's going to be dead. Right. The, the door is open for us to have the conversation. You do what you're supposed to do, we're good. You don't, I'm going to come to you like a dad figure and say, pick it up. 100%. And yeah. that's how it is. And that is – I mean, you're spot on, like – the Rangers, you gotta give credit to CY Chris Young yes. for what he did. He went and got the manager, he got the pitching coach, and he got the right staff. It is this is going to be a fun few years mm. that we get Bochi and them, and they're molding to me Venable, who's another guy that's there that could take over after Bochi, which is another great dude. I played with him too, awesome teammate. He's gonna be a great manager one day wherever he does go. But that's the thing, man. It's you got to have the right guys. You, If your guys don't get along in that clubhouse or the manager is lost in that clubhouse, Done. it's over. I've experienced it. I've seen it. It happens. It's just part of it. You, you've got to be able to have it. And the other thing, too, with you need somebody, in my opinion, that's played the game at least. You can't just go hire a nerd. And I, I don't mean that in any disrespect. So I know it comes off, out there. I know <laughs> it comes off really bad. And I, I don't mean it like that. But, right. like, I want a guy who's 
been around the game and played it, not somebody who's played Stratomatic, you know, a nerd, the baseball game, on board game. Like, <laughs> I, it's, it's, that's just, to me, that's, no, it you makes gotta sense. have somebody who's had the experience. It, it, it makes sense. And heading to the, into uh, game three and beyond, talking about one of the greats, uh, Max Serger, Mac, little Max, bit Max, what are the Mac, what are called Matt, Max, Serger. Matt Max, um, Starting game three, give me your perspective on that. Where is his mind? How much do you think he'll pitch? What, like, you know, how does that? I feel very confident with him going in there. He's he's a bulldog. He's a guy that give me the ball. Um, he's a guy I don't talk to on game day. Okay. Um, I, I learned that by watching. Um, I know better anyway. <laughs> um, but he he's a guy that he's going to, in my mind, we're not going to get, I think, we're gonna push it, and we're gonna be lo- we're gonna be really lucky if we get in past five innings. Just because you've been sitting for almost a month mm-hmm. and not fa- people don't understand how high intensity it is to go from not facing hitters to facing hitters in playoffs in the yeah playoffs in general yeah right. talking about playoffs 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 but that that's that's the thing that stands out is you don't understand how big it is. What I did like is Bochy did do an interview today on KNC Masterpiece. I'm giving them a shout out. Sorry. Um, I still have friends over there, even, though, I know, even I know. I'm not employed over there anymore. I know. It's all Don't good. worry, I'm not employed either. Yeah, <laughs> employed in general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, he was talking about today, and he didn't give anything of you know what the pitch count is or any of that, which is great. But in my mind, me speaking now, he did say that he threw a live BP in the last pitch or the amount of pitches he threw in the live BP simulated game was 69. Giggity. I like that. Uh, so that's a good – Let's get freaky. Yeah. That, that to me, that gives me a little bit more confidence that we can get past five innings. we can get innings. or that – We can get past six, five innings. Oh, okay. I'm just – If you want to get freaky, you do that on your own time. We're I on mean, a podcast right now. I'm just saying. We got I mean, focus. It's I, unfiltered. I, I, need, I need Max to be freaky out there. He's going to be. Okay. You're going to see Mad Max uh, doing his thing. I feel very confident, especially hearing him, the tone of his voice saying that he feels he got his slider back to where he wanted it. That – that's the thing, too, measuring something. We talk about analytics. You can't measure heart by numbers, by the, 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 the sheet. You measure the heart, and you also measure the voice. When you have a nice, strong tone to it, man, it lets me know you're, you're ready to go. Yeah. But if you give me the, I don't know, then we got a little question. We got some like questions. Tim Kirchin, yeah. you know, If you're talking like Tim Kirchin <laughs> yeah, yeah, out there, yeah. we, we know you're not really ready to go. I love so, you, Tim. So, so you know. It's been a long. I mean, it's been a long time since they've been in. You were playing. Mm-hmm. You were playing in. in, in since last, hey, last year they went to the playoffs. My last year here. Bet you didn't know that. I did. I know. I probably did. Um, probably I, I did a little know. research. Yeah, I, 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 I did. I did know that. Um, but just n- not being Homer, just being it's straight fun. up. Yeah. Straight up and down. What are your overall feelings? Can can they finish this series and whoever they face in the World Series? Can the Texas Rangers get a World Series back to DFW? I'm going to start with the series first. Okay. You got your foot on their throat right now. You got to you got to put your foot on the gas. And it, it got go. a little shaky. I'm not going to lie. I know. I did, I it got Adolis came in. Uh, not Adolis. Oh, 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 um, Aroldis. Uh, Chapman came in. I was like, oh. Okay. Here's the one thing I do want to say. He did do his job for the most part. He gave up a home run to uh, an alien, a specimen. Yes, 
freak. Yes. But you, if you look, this is what I always try because I gave up. I gave up a big home run to Bryce Harper. It was a walk off grand slam uh, when I was with the Cubs. I made the pitch. It was literally two balls inside home run. I'm sure you can find the clip. People send it to me all the time. Um, Chapman made the pitch. That ball was at the bottom corner, literally on the corner, if he had swung and missed, and he still took it out. So he did his job. It's fine. You got Sometimes you just got to go, hey, well done. That's it. Say, hey, yeah. listen, Jordan, Steph hits the fadeaway three. You did it. Hand in his face. Like, you know, I was thinking about the, uh, the, the, the Dame Lillard, uh, Paul George, you know, and Paul was like, it's a bad shot. It's like, he's kind of right. It is a bad shot, but Dame just like. He did it. Bad shot, but it went in. Yeah. So, okay, so it's series. the same thing. Yeah, so series. Um, but with the series, you got you, you to gotta hammer it. You got your foot on the gas. Let's keep it going. You cannot give them any, any light. This is a very good team we're up against. They do have experience. They've been to the World Series. Now, granted, one of them involved a trash can. So Trash can. So that, that. That's the only thing. I give them one World Series, maybe. Uh, but I think we get it. Uh, I'm gonna say though, I still had the prediction of six games, so I see it going to six. Okay. Um, I would love for them to sweep. Going forward, let's say because I don't like to look ahead. I really don't. I hate it. I feel like I jinx everything when I do that. But going forward, if they were to win, and they had to take on. The Phillies, it's going to get interesting. That will go seven. Mm. And Texas will win it. Ooh. From your mouth to God's ears. It's going to be the thing. I, I do want to add this. It's going to go 1-1 one, one right out the gate. They're going to win one. We're going to win one. We're going to go to Philly, and that's where it's going to get tough. That's where the test is. Now, granted, we haven't had a – we haven't got to really experience a real playoff game now here. I mean, we had Baltimore, but it's about to get nasty now. Because we're it's Houston, Houston right yeah, now. Yeah, Houston. So we got the rivalry. I'm excited. I'm catching the first pitch tomorrow. I'm excited to see how loud this is. That's going to tell me everything I need to know for if they win that next matchup and it happens to be Philly. Because it's going to be loud in Philly. They were at, they recorded, uh, I think it was – 101 decibels or something like that. It, it basically like an earthquake. Yeah, we got to bring the noise. We're Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. I love it. I love it, man. Anything else you got? No, man. I'm, I'm very. I mean, I could keep talking all day. I know. I'm grateful for. We don't have enough camera time. We don't have enough camera time. Battery time. We got. Yeah, I keep seeing the changing of <laughs> yeah, the batteries. The everything. <laughs> they're down it's to a the pit crew right they're now. They're down to the last bit of batteries, man. But um, I do want to thank you, brother. My first guest. You're my I appreciate first that, man. That, that means a lot to You're me. You're my first guest. When this thing blows up and I'm like bigger than Pat McAfee, and you, you go just back, bring me in. You, you, and you go back. I'm weekly guest now. You'll be my, you my MLB you insider. You'll yeah. be my MLB yeah. insider, right? Like, Let's like, do it. But you can say I was the first guest on Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, and I forever am thankful for you, brother. God bless you. Much success to you. Thank you for doing this, man. We'll do it again. When the Rangers get to the World Series, we'll, we'll come back and we'll have another conversation I'm down. A, a, about this thing because there's so many other things I want to talk about. We just don't have time for it. I want to talk about more baseball and the publicity of baseball. Have you ever seen anything like Shohei Otani? Hmm. We'll get, we'll, yeah. We'll, I know. I know. I know. I know. 
we'll, 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 get, we'll get more into that, man. Dutch, brother, thank you, man, from the bottom of my heart, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank Always. you, thank you, man. This is Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Thank you guys for being here, for joining us, for spending a little time. You know what you got to do. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Make me a household name. I want to become. I want to be in your household. I want to be around the kitchen. I want to be around an island. Bring me in for dinner. But remember, never let anyone tell you that, you're, that their life is better than yours because it's your life. Eliminate the contingencies. We out! <laughs>